If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Courtney. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Would it be bad if I told you that I've only got about this much left of my drink? Oh, no. I was just oh, about to talk thing. about this drink because uh, I've, I tried to get the perfect photo for Instagram. I was setting up my little bar situation <laughs> oh, with all my Jack it. stuff because, you know, I'm a Tennessee Squire and a Jack Daniels fan from way back. Yeah. And so I have tons of Jack Daniels things. And so since this is made with Jack, I was using my bar set up for the photo but it didn't have enough light so then <laughs> i had to get lighting design in here <laughs> aka my mag light flashlight so that you can see you know this. what that is like some art student mm-hmm. like <laughs> set up some shady stuff and i'm take telling a picture. you mm-hmm. highlighting the drink though so uh this is kind of a throwback to last winter's drink that we found and we all love the bourbon winter smash and i thought what can i do i was gifted by my friends who know me well two fifths of gentleman jack from two different friends so (laughs) thanks to those friends you are having gentleman jack not just regular black jack but gentleman jack in this drink with um strawberry preserves orange juice triple sec and touch of club soda Oh my God. It's very good. I like it. So good. Yeah, it's delicious. When I I poured mine into my lovely little drink fucker thing that I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) Drink fucker. Yeah. uh, The one from Jeff. The the one from Jeff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like a Yeti wine glass. I know. I can't ever think of those words. Words (laughs) just not happening. It's like a truffle wine. yeah, mm-hmm. it's what it's it a is. Tumbler. It, it's, it's a tumbler. Tumbler. So, that's it. That's what it is. And I cannot. I Three of it. us, we can get this we right. Can Our get brain the will word. be one full working, <laughs> functioning brain. It is my absolute <laughs> favorite, though, and I I love it so much. But I poured like I poured everything in here up to the top, and I like did like a little splash of club soda, and but I still had a lot of that uh, strawberry. Uh, kind of the smash part at the <laughs> bottom of the canister that you sent so i simply just like poured some clip soda in there swirled it around and then shot it <laughs> so i was good. gonna say uh, i couldn't use my regular strainer with this because the chunks of strawberry are so big because it's organic oh. preserves that i get with like low sugar because i'm trying to be healthy and it's really good Oh, and so there's is... big, real pieces of strawberry. In no, there. I'm glad you didn't strain them out because they Ooh. were delicious. So good. You like it too, Marleya? Mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs> wow, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> there you go. I like it. It's good. It's got a bunch. I'm getting the jammy goodness on the bottom right mm-hmm. now. The jammy goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my I'll jammy be posting the photo for everyone to see my lovely. Yes, and we'll post the recipe set up. <laughs> yeah, 
on the website and also do a handmade recipe card for our Patreons. Patrons. Patrons. B1. Exactly. $3, man. You can't buy coffee for $3. Yeah, you can't buy coffee around here at all. So. You can't buy coffee around here at all. No <laughs> shit. Oh my God. And that, that poor so one sad. dude working on the Starbucks. You know, <laughs> Just like, <laughs> people just don't want to be here and i don't necessarily I blame them just like <laughs> you know trying to get something built and it's like okay yeah all right so <laughs> buildings up all right like five-man crew gonna knock this out before christmas a couple of weeks later three-man crew <laughs> couple of weeks later nobody there's one guy in a porta potty <laughs> there's one guy in a porta potty <laughs> yeah. but it is it's like the talk of the town still though well at least in all i know of the town because covid is like my car <laughs> so it's like every time every time we drive through town one of the girls is like "Ooh, there's walls now and it's like they're so excited <laughs> I kept, I thought the other day, I was like, I wonder if Starbucks will regret this move. Oh, they because, already you know, are. The time, They've got one man like, in a porta potty. They are I already know, right? regretting. They're already losing It's like, money. it's this tiny, tiny town and we've had all these things go out of business and here comes Starbucks. Like, and it's just like, they saw that we had a Chick-fil-A. So they moved in across the street because that's the same. We got the same group of people right here right. on the left and the right, except that's really the only thing. <laughs> it's like everything else is just. But I think it's going to go, it's going to be like, it's going to be great during the students. Like, oh know, yeah. Well, first of all, Starbucks cannot build a parking lot to like save their lives. It's oh like, my God. I'm whatever. That part. Yeah. I'm, I'm dreading that part too. It's like whatever they do. It's going to be crazy and nutso and nobody's going to be able to find a parking spot. Nobody's going to be able to pull in through the drive-thru just because they do not have their parking lot game fixed mm -hmm. at all. And um, so I'm dreading like the accidents that are going to happen because mm -hmm. I know students are going to go to Starbucks. Faculty is going to go to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to want to be there. Everybody's going to want to be there, but maybe on the summertime, when people leave, maybe mm -hmm. not so much. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're already regretting their decision. It's, this is it's not a good space because it's already bad enough at Chick Fil A across the street. The oh yeah, it. and they've but got Chick Fil A, a is a genius huge. with parking lots. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't buy the front, I don't buy the church, the church chicken. Part. Yeah, you don't buy the church chicken. Mm -mm. They are efficient though. They could get the vaccine rolled out. They would that have people man, in a drive no through line. Mask, you Chick fil A with yep. their little iPads just oh. going. Oh, they, they'd be like, What is your name, date of birth? Okay, drive to the next person, please. Oh, yeah. The next person would be like, it. Okay, here is your receipt. You need to come back at this date. Please make sure you roll up your sleeve and have your arm ready to go. Please they pull up to the window. You just they would like, smile the whole time. They Everybody would in the country would be done in four days. Four days. Just be just I know. I know yeah. there's problems. I know it's problematic, but I'm telling you, especially in COVID, they have been the most efficient. I've seen people just like mm -hmm. they have matching masks. You I mean, they don't mess around. They, they just don't. get it done. Yeah, man. I don't like I said, I don't I don't support Chick-fil-A with my money, but um I can definitely respect their efficiency. <laughs> I definitely can do that. And, and they are, too. 
And they're the only ones that have kept their dining closed yes whole time like i totally like mad respect for that i mean i understand like you know i understand not supporting them completely but they are taking it seriously they are supporting their staff and uh you know patrons by you know putting safety as number one Mm -hmm. and that is awesome and i think we solved it there Y'all need to like get your vaccine <laughs> to the Chick-fil-A, let them go through a little bit of training, you know. Whoever does their logistics, just figure oh. out their business model for real. Like for I'm real. serious. They can replicate their business model with so many different things, especially that we've seen during pandemic. Like oh. just like, ask them, what do yeah. y'all do and how do you get your staff trained so efficiently? Okay. <laughs> and so nice. Let's do that. And so nice. I have never had a staff like ever there like been like even halfway lukewarm to me so well there was our you know, there we're, you go. we're saving the world today. we're saving the world <laughs> strawberry jack smash is helping us with that yes it is it's already helped a lot i love strawberries they're probably my favorite fruit so anytime i can have them in the winter it's like mm. Mm, so good i agree well, do we have any do we have any other business we need to cover before we uh get going on this? I don't think Not really. So. I've got um it's funny cuz before we hit record on this and then after we hit record and said no don't use that no don't use that part no don't use that part. Um <laughs> we were talking about like how kind of down in the dumps <laughs> we've been and what is it right now as we record this it's the 17th of january and we haven't recorded since all the bullshit at the capitol happened and we you know i don't think did that happen before we recorded it happened after right Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. and so um you know it's been it's been a couple weeks it's been a couple shit weeks for all of us just like for all of you and for like the whole country so we're all just kind of hanging on and and uh yeah moving started back we're exactly moving back into the semester yeah Yeah, the university here is face to face and so problematic there and yeah so there's just a it's a it's just a shit trap right now here oh, in God. the US of A. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we're trying to be positive. And this what I um I actually called off recording last week. <clears throat> Patrice was ready to go and I was like, you know what? I just can't. I just can't. I can't do it. I was like, I'd been trying to find something and I had found a topic and everything. But I had been working so hard to be positive. I mean, I spent I spent just days and days on end in a rage and just had been working so hard to get a good frame of mind and to be positive and uh you can't force like, that shit man you can't and you know so I, I was just like you know what I need another week I'm, I need another week myself and seeing like assholes waving confederate flags in the capitol and all these white supremacists you know storming the doors and and people just trying to pretend like nothing big is happening. I'd spent like all this time trying to put that aside so I could get a story, you know, right. that wasn't an, an absolute bummer. Because if I, if I chose a bummer story after that, I was probably just going to like give up, you know, I was like never doing anything ever again. And, um, you know, I just really, I honestly was really struggling with like, 
being here because there's so much support for all of this conspiracy theory, QAnon, anarchist, white supremacy bullshit. bullshit. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah, haven't figured out by myself, now, we don't support everywhere. that. Yeah. Absolutely. We do not support that. And if you think we should, you're in the wrong fucking podcast and you can exactly. get the fuck out. <laughs> and um, so we, you know, I was like, I was really trying to think like, okay, we're going to sell. I, I really want to f- focus on good things. I want to celebrate on Georgia. I want to celebrate on like a Southern state, just like flipping because they're actually, you know, not disenfranchising as many people as they have in the past. Like, you know, their actual population and is being represented for the first time exactly. ever in history. So, and that's a really positive thing. So I was reminding yes. myself of that. I was reminding myself that all of you guys are out there fighting the good fight. And again, if, you know, hopefully you think that, you know, our views may align with your views on some of this stuff. And if they do, thank you. You're the, the, the folks that we all need to stick around to like, fix this shit, you know, right. just keep fixing this shit. So I, I was trying to push myself to positive. And first I was like, can I just talk about puppies? Like, I just really just want to talk about puppies. And, uh, and so I'm looking for something the South has like really contributed to the world, something weird, something positive, something smart, something not totally racist. So I end up at Oak Ridge National Laboratory um, in Tennessee. So where you end up when you're searching for positive things. This is how I ended up searching for positive things. Listen, hold on now. I know what you're thinking. We're going to get there. I'm not okay. thinking anything. Actually. I wasn't. I was just I like, was okay, like, Oak Ridge. We made it from Georgia to Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Got it. Okay. We made it to Oak Ridge, Tennessee. You had a look on your face because there is some issues here. <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boys. That was oh, my no. first concert ever, by the way. I was oh, like, oh, um, there you go. Are they from Elvira. actual Oak Ridge, Tennessee? Is that why they're I, the Oak Ridge Boys? I don't, probably. I don't know that either. <laughs> I can look it up, but I just liked Elvira. Mbappa, Mbappa commercial <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> so oak ridge tennessee this uh, the oak ridge national labs is like 30 minutes west of knoxville and it was established in 1942 and was actually the birthplace of the manhattan project <laughs> um, oh. which is it's i'm looking it up the history oh. of it and i'm like fuck 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 take a left take a left take a left <laughs> like positive 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 and um that so would be now, the one that uh that started the atomic bomb for right people yes. who may not know so what that is i was like yeah let's not, let's let's go for it. We'll, we'll we'll talk about some other part of oak ridge um i didn't so, know that hold on I gotta yeah do a research real quick yeah so kind of yeah they were up a little bit sorry well they were so they were um, established in 1942 and i don't i didn't memorize much of this or write it down but it's basically like they created this like secret town and shipped in all these manhattan project nuclear scientists to learn how to create you know weapons to to learn how to harness the power of you know i don't know dick of the atom (laughs) and this is of the atom and so now 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 they don't do that anymore supposedly still top secret you know we don't know um 
but they do like a fish, they do materials research, supercomputers, they still have security and defense activity, but it's supposed to be focused on preventing proliferation of nuclear materials. So By it's creating be... more nuclear materials because you know how we kind of like work like that. It's like, we're I know, stop it. So we need to have more of it. To yes. Stop it. When everybody. Yes, exactly. But this this is like the stuff that they talk about is like they're 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 pioneering technologies that detect the evidence of nuclear material and nuclear work in other locations so and stuff like that. they can hide their shit better? <laughs> Stop it! This is positive! <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so, just thinking like an American. I know, just, yeah. thinking, just thinking like me on a regular day when I'm just being me <laughs> and not positive. Um, so uh, primarily what they do there now is nuclear energy and neutron science research. So I, I wanted to try and sort of explain what neutron science research is, even, even though I'm completely, completely unqualified to do that. You got <laughs> all Go all I could think when I was reading all this stuff was like Doc Brown showing Marty the flux capacitor in Back to the Future. And I just like all I could see was like <laughs> the flux capacitor. But um so <laughs> neutrons, we're going to go back to like elementary school or whatever. Neutrons are the subatomic particles. They live inside the nucleus of an atom along with. Okay. Don't fucking quiz me. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Electrons. Protons. Protons. <laughs> Protons. Neutrons have a neutral charge. Thank you scientists for naming things so that we can pass the test on them. Um, but so I really have no idea why the charge matters <laughs> because I suck at this shit. I'm an but art major. <laughs> I was an English major. <laughs> I mean, I didn't take science. I don't think I took any science in college. I may I not have either. taken any I didn't even have a lab in college. In college. <clears throat> Just started so. <laughs> reading uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson astrophysics for people in a hurry. So maybe I'll be qualified. <laughs> oh, yes. you might you might be more scientist. I do <laughs> love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I cannot understand astrophysics or general, just regular physics. physics. I know. This, yeah. So this will make this story really fun. <laughs> so like, so okay, at Oak Ridge, they have a neutron sciences directorate, and um, according to its website. The goal is to seek to answer, it says, big science questions about the fundamental natures of materials at the atomic scale. So I was like, okay, again, okay. thank you, scientists, for mm -hmm. thinking about those of us who either slept through or struggled through these classes in high school. And it keeps on going um, by answering the big science questions. Um, neutron science helps spur innovation that improves our daily lives like more powerful computers, more effective drugs, longer lasting batteries and improved our military. So that's kind of what it does. Um, and the, <clears throat> in order to like look at all this stuff and help to, you know, do these things, they have, they say the safe and reliable operation of two of the most advanced neutron scattering facilities in the world 
the high flex isotope reactor and the spallation neutron source. Are they just mm. making shit up now? I know, right? So I could is it be. Like, is it like the same thing that like if they get one thing wrong, it'll blow up the universe like they have over in Europe? I don't think so. But these okay. things do shoot like super powerful streams of neutrons. Like that, it is. They're really, really powerful. And that's why they're like going out of their way to say the safe and reliable operation of these two massive reactors. Um, so that Oak Ridge is, there aren't very many places in the world that have facilities like this. And so other, like across the, across the globe, scientists ask to come and use the research facilities at Oak Ridge. And they can basically screen and get whoever they want because they're, they're that unique in what they do so all this is in tennessee which is you know it's cool it's also scary because we've you know patrice told a story before about like entire cities that fell off the map because you know the government blew them up so um but we're, we're gonna go into just a little more science i don't understand before we get to the fun cool part of this okay so um, we need this for the background of this you story. need this a little bit for the background of this so when I said like neutron scattering facilities, these two big reactors that they have, what this does is neutron scattering provides information about the positions, the motions, and the magnetic properties of materials. And this is again to one of the websites and I'll, I'll give all the links as I always do in the story notes. So when this beam of neutrons that they make is aimed at a sample, a lot of them will just pass through whatever material is in its way but some will interact directly and bounce away at an angle like a pool ball. And that's what's called scattering. So they use these detectors to kind of count the neutrons that scatter and measure their angles and how they move and map their positions and see how much energy they've lost. And this is how they kind of study the nature of materials um, by using these because, you know, they can measure kind of where the neutrons go and how much energy they, they lose. So this is where it gets kind of weird. There's a group of scientists in this unit at Oak Ridge that uses these technologies to test how long it takes the neutrons to break down once they're removed from a nutrius, which, nucleus, which is one of the things I was just talking about, like the scattering and stuff. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. But the thing is, people have been trying to figure this out, like how long does it take a neutron to break down? since the 90s because they keep on coming up with variances in their answers. So the assumption is that they should all break down at the same rate. And the issue with all these experiments has been that pretty consistently they show varying rates of decay. So like if you catch one of them in what they call these little trap bottles, you know, they would decay slower than if they're just free and out. And you'd think there would be like a rule, like a formula that they would all follow that they would kind of decay, that would, that would help you predict but it hasn't been the case in these experiments. So um, the reason might be that there are unknown variables in these scientific experiments or that something went wrong with them and that caused some weird things to be introduced or maybe there are factors coming into play that they just seeing or it could be that the neutrons are passing into another dimension that mirrors our dimension and then popping back into this yes. one before they yes. die. Yes. Oh my no. God. I have read so many sci-fi books about alternate dimensions <laughs> that it is so fucking amazing. Okay, continue. Well, here's the thing. Oak Ridge Labs 
is actively looking for a door to another dimension. Yes! Oh, <laughs> that's yes. scary as shit. But yeah, I think I read a book exactly like this, where it was like a like secret lab that was trying to, I mean, well, shit, uh, the Upside Down and Stranger Things. And Stranger yeah. Things. And it's we're going to come back to that too. Yes. Thing. Okay. It's yes. totally the same thing. So that's the Upside Down is a good way to describe it. It's this idea of this mirror dimension that's filled with mirror particles and um i there was a medium article that i read that had some pretty good descriptions of it that i'll link but the article references computer simulations of the big bang where all of these you know all of these thousand particles in this computer simulation are kind of clustered together in one tight ball like you imagine they would be before the big bang right and then they sort of explode outward and what they would expect was that the points which in this simulation represent like stars and planets and stuff they would all shoot outward along one path and kind of organize themselves into the galaxies and universes that we end up seeing mm -hmm. but in these simulations the particle follows two different paths so it ends up creating mirror images of the big bang so it's not then people are like well that's not what really happened in real life, but we don't know that that's not what happened in real life. Oh, so God. the simulation shows the creation of two identical galaxies, mirror images of one another off of the Big Bang. So there are a lot of people that have wanted to explore all this stuff for a long time and have been exploring it and doing all these experiments to try and test um, you know, whether it's even possible. So that I think this was the Medium article said that if there exists a mirror world just out of reach from ours, the matter is known as mirror matter that's in this. And the mirror particles would be identical to our particles with identical forces. But when they're in our world, they would only interact like just a really in a practically indetectable way. And um, like it may it may produce some light, but um, it would be really hard to to find. So there's this physicist named Leah Brassard who's been running experiments at Oak Ridge to see if it's a mirror dimension that is the answer to why neutrons decay at different rates. And she's actively trying to find detection for mirror particles through these experiments. And um, so yeah, so she's she's running these experiments just to find a door to another universe, basically. <laughs> and, oh um, my god! And I was like, what do we need more than a door to escape through these days? Oh my god! I know. I was thinking like we're in the upside down, the scary one. So I know, like we're on the scary side. One. No shit. <laughs> of the, of the stranger <laughs> things, we're in the upside down. I feel like wow. Yeah. That, so sorry, I my can't, brain's. I know all I know. these things with time travel and other dimensions. I really get like it's mm -hmm. it hurts my head. It, it hurts my head too. Like. Yeah, because it's like it. And part of the thing is that one of the reasons um, they uh, want to look into this so much more is because like they can't explain they feel like there may be other rules at work that we don't understand. Like my issue with all that stuff and that bothers me so much is that it's like, you don't understand the rules anymore. When you start to talk about like time travel and other dimensions and stuff, it's like, this doesn't go by rules that I can understand. Right. Cause we're not smart enough yet. Yeah. No kidding. And, yeah. and you know, nobody is cause they're just trying to at least figure out whether it's a possibility, but it's enough of a possibility that this massive laboratory in Tennessee is allowing somebody to do tests to find out. So, um, that I could amazing. probably, I mean, I could try to explain to you a little bit more, but I don't understand. I well, mean, she's you know, using, 
there's a YouTube video that I, I watched this summer. It's kind of a series. It's like they take a subject matter and they're like, you know, a uh, physicist explains multi-dimensions to like a first grader and then to a high school student and then to like different levels cool. of people. And so, and, and it's like, you is know, is it all a piece of paint you fold it in on itself and push a pencil? And, and so, <laughs> and it's really like, yeah. Right. So it had like this, like, I remember anything that was said. Otherwise I sat there and thought like, I am so stupid. Um, it's like, I don't even understand what the, <laughs> the kindergartners getting out of this. Um, but, um, but, you know, they go through and they explain and, you know, that's, it's like, that is so cool. They're studying, they're talking about these multidimensional, um, you know, possibilities. And I was just like, first I go, I was like, wow, y'all are so smart. But then second of all, I was just mm-hmm. like, that is absolutely like the coolest field ever. Mm-hmm. to be working in like this what if oh yeah possibilities and then trying to prove it or saying that they can't disprove it kind of mm-hmm. deal. I don't know it's yeah I know crazy. and that's that's kind of part of why I like latched onto it because there was even a quote from um Leah Broussard Leah or Leah Broussard that her quote was in one of the articles that I found it's very telling that there are so many attempts to precisely measure the neutron lifetime that tells you the emotional reaction of scientists to a discrepancy in the field is I want to explore this and she says every scientist is motivated by the desire to learn and the desire to understand so I was like yay let's all be more like you we need to be more like you but um but yeah so you you brought up stranger things and this brought on a whole lot of articles that were like drawing that connection between the you know the upside down and this mirror universe idea so um you know and and in stranger things the the giant lab that's doing these tests is in uh hawkins indiana right Mm -hmm. so um i found this article and and this will this will be the end of what i was going to say but i found this article that's um it's from livability it's like it's funny it's one of those just little six thing articles six indisputable reasons stranger things is actually set in tennessee and there are a bunch of people who make this argument and it's like all over reddit but um there is in real life no hawkins indiana which is not you know it's like you know it's a fiction of course there's not but there is a hawkins tennessee and um there's also a roan county tennessee which is, um, you know, the county that Hawkins is supposed to be in, in the show. So um, that was the first reason they, they were arguing that it might actually be based in Tennessee. And the second one is like Hawkins National Laboratory, the Oak Ridge National Lab began as a secret government lab that played a major role in the Manhattan Project, which is like the backstory of Hawkins. Um, let's see, and, and the lab is situated along the border of Roan County. Uh, the third one is the specific call out to Leia Broussard's mirrorverse experiments that Oak Ridge is actually looking to find like a mirror dimension. The fourth one is that there is a uh, Dolly part music in each season of, of Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, because in season one, Nancy and Jonathan go to like the army surplus store and they're playing Dolly Parton's oh. uh, The Bargain Store in the background. I remember. Yeah. I do too. I remember noticing I remember that. the surplus store, but I don't remember hearing Dolly. I remember noticing the music on that one. And then in season two, Bob and Joyce dance to Islands in the Stream. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then the fifth, the fifth one is... Um, there's a scene at the Hawkins Fun Fair in and in the background, there's somebody who's setting up rides and that person is wearing a 1982 World's Fair t-shirt and the 1982 World's Fair was held in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and the sixth one is that the actress who plays Nancy Wheeler is from Tennessee, but I think that's stupid and shouldn't count. So that doesn't count. But <laughs> they're, they're I went reaching. to that World's Fair. Did you? Oh, really? In Knoxville? Yes. And the only thing I remember is that at the end of the day, we went back to the car and I lost my balloon and watched it float away and started crying. That is so sad. <laughs> that is so sad. My mom verified this story at her birthday party <laughs> this year that we had outside with balloons everywhere. And my uh, cousin's little boy lost his balloon and started crying. And I was Aww. like, remember when I lost mine that time? And she said that was true. That's all I remember about it. I was four. So, <laughs> you know, isn't it so weird how like the, the losing a balloon and dropping an ice cream cone are like the two <laughs> fucking worst things Traumatic that can happen to you things. when you're four, right? Uh, like, no. Kids, I mean, get, I mean, my heart breaks for a kid who loses a balloon and I'm like, why the fuck? Because it's just a fucking piece of plastic and we could get another one if we wanted Thankfully, to, but you don't get another one. You know, so I had bought one. plenty <laughs> of balloons. And so when, well, he did get another one. He's only three and he mm. lost that balloon and I have plenty more to give him. His dad came walking <laughs> back and just started like taking one down. He was like, Jack lost his balloon and he's crying and he just walked away with another one. <laughs> I was like, take it. I know he's broken up right now. He needs it's it. It's awful. <laughs> it's like the balloon represents something to a child. And when the balloon floats away, especially if your brother or sister has a balloon still and you yes. don't, that's Big a bitch, sister man. still had hers and he did not. Mm, that's Sorry, I got us off track, but yes, I went to that. No, that's totally legitimate. The balloon. That's the, that's the end of my story. So Oak Ridge Labs, yeah, look sorry. <laughs> find a mirror mirror verse and i want to be the first one through the portal please the end that's pretty <laughs> much it <laughs> but i do i have some i have some fun things for the after talk that i found because looking for like the biggest scientific discoveries that we've made in the south i, I found a list because you know there's lists of everything on the internet oh, so well that's awesome fun for the after talk I if you're a that. patron if you're three dollar patron yeah <laughs> yeah high road that was really good i that was really good that it's there in oak ridge where the oak ridge boys are from i did oh yeah on oh the, very on good Wikipedia. yeah well i i mean i guess i should apologize to anyone who is actually a scientist i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry like, scientists i'm sure you guys can explain this much better than me and you're welcome to correct <laughs> me in any way that you feel fit i will, I will put up the uh physicist <laughs> explains dimensions and yes uh, five levels do. uh and that's that's really cool yes maybe neil degrasse tyson is listening to us and he'll call in next <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> i know <laughs> he must be a dedicated listener <laughs> he doesn't have his own podcast to worry can about can we or... hashtag him when we post this though because <laughs> yeah. it'd be spectacular if he just randomly like hit us up hey important world things to do <laughs> and he's gonna say what a great description of neutron <laughs> well he Nailed has made it. his last last mission to uh help 
make science more accessible and understandable. So that's why I'm, I'm not helping to this with book. the understandable part. <laughs> accessible, I don't know. It's accessible. You made it interesting. Yeah, that's true. This that's part the of the point. podcast is free. <laughs> <laughs> Open educational resources exactly. right here. Right here. <laughs> All right, I need to refill my drink real quick. Okay. So can we take a pause in between? Sure. Okay. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, what were you going to say? Something completely different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do it. Something completely off topic that I remembered that I wanted to ask you whether you watched Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Girl. And like. Bridgerton one sitting like started in the morning <laughs> finished like whatever the end of the night was oh my god and fanning myself the whole time just like oh. <laughs> yes that's what oh. i told <laughs> i've started using i've started using like duke of hastings as, the, as all the as yumminess the synonym for everything that's delicious or good mm -hmm. it's like is it good or is it duke of hastings sorry i just had to ask you that because it, it popped into my head no uh, yeah but i don't know how they're gonna get seven more seasons out of it i don't seven either seasons no i can see like yeah. maybe they renewed for eight seasons they totally. said that bridgerton brought them the highest like viewership of anything they've ever had during the holiday season before oh i guess and so, so it was it's like a record shit. breaker yeah no. everybody was yeah. like wanting some of that didn't you find it, it interesting how they just uh made one little reference to how there were black people in in um like uh court positions, court, yeah. positions. i almost wish they hadn't have done that i did too. i thought the same thing i, felt the I same thought way. that they were pandering like i know um they made I it thought... they made it weird and they made it uh uh shallow almost i don't know what the right word is they made it um it's like we we already kind of like we were we were all right we like, had all we were there it. we're like yeah. this is just it. the reality we yeah this is it. reality this is reality and it's you we know a lot of people it. have there's been so much um argument over cross-cultural casting like over history mm -hmm. you know about mm -hmm. about having people of different ethnicities in you know traditionally white or european roles and the show like for the you know it was what four episodes in i think before they made that comment yeah no. and so we were like we had all 100 percent bought into Committed. this world yeah and it was like it it stands and as a proof that this is not a problematic right. thing to do like people hello will be... hamilton like exactly <laughs> I mean, and like, you don't have them like stepping aside by you know 
I know. But then they said it and then it just disappeared. Like it doesn't become a plot point. It doesn't become a conflict. It, they need it's to just, like, take they that made that out. statement and then it just went away. Maybe in the future seasons they'll, I don't know, but I kind of, I mean, of, I guess I it could the way like it do some flashbacks and show some historical. Yeah. Which would, yeah. Which if they did, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I, I feel know. about that. I just want them to like, look, I mean, we're cool with it. We're cool. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Bought into it. You don't need to explain it to us. You know, mm-hmm. just, just keep on doing just all the deliciousness that you are here for. And, yes. you know, badass women we're here for it. it's uh who was it it may have been jen somebody was talking to me about it and saying like how porny it gets how porny it gets at the end and i was like on episode three and i was like is this the end (laughs) this is a little this is this is softcore porny like all the way through and we're yeah i mean it it didn't that's why we bought the there it was there (laughs) (laughs) yeah well especially once they got married oh yeah i mean it's like they were like doing every 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 house room ever, which I mean, what you do when you get married? Right? There's a lot of just so much just pristine ass in in that. Oh, yes, so so much. Yes, I was there for it though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is what me I need. too. That's what I need. It was great. <laughs> And I did love the Lady back. Danbury character too. Lady Danbury was my favorite mm-hmm. female character, I think. Oh, I love her. She's the best. What is her real name? Mm-hmm. Um, God, I love the actress. Oh, I can remember. Uh, was she the aunt? Anyway. Sorry, I don't yeah, know. His, his, mm-hmm. Yeah, the one who treated him like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Joa Ando was her name. I'm sure I m- murdered She's it. gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh love her character though. I loved her mm-hmm. costumes. I loved her attitude. I loved. She had all... such a presence. Like I know. She's she just awesome. like she just like took over the room when mm-hmm. it was like her time to shine. Well, she didn't even have to shine. She just like walked into the room and it was like, I right. know. <laughs> man, she's <laughs> badass. <laughs> like badass. Yeah. All right, all right well. Bridgerton. We we have sidetracked to one of the good things of 2021. <laughs> sorry let me fan myself it's still positive so much positive so much positive i don't really have uh, a negative or a positive okay um it's a neutron it's a neutron (laughs) (laughs) oh one of the books so if you're listening science sorry (laughs) i was trying to think because y'all know y'all know me i don't remember names at all like at all like i am reading about the names of the people in the thing that i wrote and by the time i get to the end i've already forgotten <laughs> what their names are i mean y'all know this about me i'm not like shocking anybody with this information so <laughs> i looked up the books i had been reading because i've been read i have read a lot about like dimensional stuff and i find it really fascinating and it's you know a lot of the sci-fi stuff that like in the past it's kind of been for some like a scientific goal to get to um so it's like a lot of things that have like we've thought about and we've seen on sci-fi are like coming to life like real life things example fuck i don't know google it 
but I know this, I know that this has happened, right? So when you were talking about that, I was like, I have, I have like, example for um, back to the future video phones. <laughs> yeah. Video phones. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Or like from the Jetsons. Back, back to the know. future too. video phones. And hoverboards. Hoverboards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hoverboards from jetpacks, like, you know, like all the things, like it's slowly like science will catch up with our imaginations at some point and that was what I was thinking about with like you know these books I've been reading and it's Peter Klein's books that um I was thinking about one of them's called The Fold and it's where like I don't remember like how he explained it but it's like time travel so where reality folds on top of each other so if you open up a door like in Los Angeles and if you fold it over to like you know Alabama then you know you just open up the door and you're in Alabama kind of deal so just talking oh, about I learned about that on Monsters Inc yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so there was something called the fold and there's also something called his uh, what is his other book I think it's 14 where it's all about this dimensional stuff anyway it's really good so if you like sci-fi I'm sure you've heard of Peter Klein um, check out the fold check out 14 uh, really 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 good and it really relates to what cool. it was talking about which has nothing to do with autism to talk about <laughs> be further. actually we could connect it because if we think about uh ghost being Ooh. in another dimension um then you know like that, in the house in between wasn't in, that the, the thing house that... in between yeah no, that opened up another dimension so if we think of things that we cannot explain um be where like the other dimension kind of comes into play then yeah totally totally same track <laughs> themes themes through line we connect all right so one of the most famous ghost stories of memphis tennessee is the pink dressed corpse girl okay all right have you heard about this i've never no. heard about this no uh -uh. otherwise known as pink lizzie so my uh, sources here is unearthmemphis.com, historicmemphis.com, and then a book that I didn't see when it was written, but I think it was written pretty early on, like early 1900s is the feeling I got from it because the wording of it, and I was too lazy to look, but it was the Brinkley Female College uh, and Historic Ghost Story. So apparently there's like this big, huge, like main popular ghost story in Memphis that's told a lot that you would definitely hear about if you went on a ghost tour there in Memphis, which I assume Memphis has ghost tours. I'm not really sure. Everybody has them, Everybody right? has ghost tours, right? So back in like 1855 uh colonel w.j davy was the president of uh this southern bank of tennessee and he built like this huge mansion it was like two-story it was on fifth street it was classical revival it had like these columns and like this stately portico uh, ionic columns if you're all into architecture and stuff like that it was across the front it was very stately and dominant and it looked fabulous uh, so it took like four years to build it took a pretty long while to build this mansion 
when he was like building this, he had to secure a loan from uh, another colonel. Why are we having all these fucking colonels? Colonel <laughs> Robert C. Brinkley. Uh, apparently, Colonel was just a name. I don't know. World War. Well, no, because this is like Colonel Sanders, right? This is before the <laughs> Civil War. Was there a war before the Civil War? War eight. War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, was that it? Y'all, I don't fucking know. Anyway, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, Colonel <laughs> was just American a, War. Maybe, maybe that was it, and that's where they got their Colonelhood. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he went to secure this loan from uh, Robert Brinkley for thirty thousand dollars worth of stock in the Memphis Charleston Railroad, uh, using his home as collateral, and he was set to repay this loan in four years. Well, his bank started to fail because the Civil War broke out and the stocks that he took out on the railroad um, using his home as collateral was taken over by the military. And so that pretty much nullified his stock holdings. So he was shit out of luck. He had no way to pay for this home that he had oh, just mansion he just like built. So in order to avoid foreclosing, he asked Brinkley if, you know, he could take over the mortgage or sell his home. And then, you know, for that, and maybe like an additional 1500 to clear all of his debt. So by 1866, Davies, Colonel Davies has <laughs> moved out with this family and Brinkley uh, took over. I don't know what Brinkley did other than he was a Colonel. So <laughs> I, I don't know. So, uh, Brinkley, you know, came in and he renovated the whole mansion and turned it in to a female college or really more like a girls boarding school. So in 1868, the Brinkley Female College opened its doors to about 50 girls. And if you look in the newspaper, the Memphis Appeal or whatever the Memphis paper was at the time, there's tons of ads, like almost daily ads for this school. They hired a headmaster, uh, J.D. Meredith, and they opened it up. And from the get-go, I mean, if you look at, I've got pictures of the mansion. If you look at it, I mean, it looks scary as fuck anyway. So, you know, when the girls started going to school, it's already kind of had a reputation of being haunted. Oh, great. Because they thought that the that Davies, the original builder, was rumored to have gone insane after he went bankrupt, after like he lost the home and all of his money and stuff during the war. So they got it up. Girls moved in. Um, and mostly the girls that were there, like, you know, the well-to-dos from Memphis uh, sent their girls there. On February 21st, 1871, 13-year-old uh, Claire Robertson was practicing piano upstairs, and she looks up, and she sees this um, emaciated little girl that's probably about eight years old, a little bit younger than her, and she noticed that she was wearing, like, she was looking a little raggedy, like, she's wearing this really dirty pink dress, like, and it was, like, almost moldy pink like Ooh. green mold stuff was uh, on the dress and 
she looked at her a little bit harder and her flesh was sort of decaying. So this corpse-like child appears to Clara. And of course, Clara playing her piano, like totally freaks out. And she runs into um, one of the bedrooms of a girl who was sick. And she like hops in bed with her to like go hide. And she has her head there on the pillow, snuggling up with that other little girl in the bed. And the corpse girl put her hand Mm. on the pillow. And then she disappears. Clara is like in hysterics. Like she is so freaked out. She tells the teacher, she tells the headmaster, she tells the, um, you know, her peers, her fellow students about this girl that she saw that's in this pink dress that's all kind of rotted, who didn't say anything, but followed her up and um, put her hand on the pillow. Well, of course, everybody thought, you know, she's making it up. She's crazy. That's crazy. You know, she's hysterical. She probably just saw something. She didn't know what she's, you know. They gaslighted her, basically. She got so upset from being teased and told that she didn't know what she was talking about that she ran home um, to her father, who happened to be a um, pretty prominent lawyer there in Memphis. And, you know, he contacted the school and the headmaster was like, it's probably just a prank. Don't worry about it. Just send her on back. So she comes back the next day and she's sitting there playing the piano and she has a couple of schoolgirls with her in the room and the little girl in the pink dress shows up again. And this time Clara sees her like plain as day, but the other girls also see something. They don't see like a clear picture of the girl but they see something like a shadowy figure or something so they like get all into hysterics and they go get like the teachers and it really becomes like this huge to do kind of deal and um you know gets a lot of a lot of everybody upset Mm -hmm. and again the headmasters are thinking well this this is just a hoax one of the girls is playing the trick on everybody and whatnot and Clara you know she comes down they all come down and stuff and it's the next day or maybe a couple of days later and she sees the girl one more time and the girl like talks to her and she's by herself and you know she's seen her a couple of times nothing has happened so she kind of like looks at the little girl and the girl's like it's okay. She's like, do not worry. I'm not going to hurt you. Um, But my family owned this building before the school was here and it was stolen from us and I need you to help me. Okay. And she's like, I'm not going to hurt you. She's like, but what I need you to do, there is a tree out back. And if you dig under that tree, there's a jar of valuables that um, will claim that will prove that this house belongs to us and that it was taken from us um, and kind of clear her family's name. Hmm. And so Claire, you know, was like, okay. She's like, now I need you to do this. Nobody else can do this um, besides you. Um, And if they do, then, you know, I will never do anything good for anybody else. 
and um, I won't be helpful and nobody will find this or, or whatnot or, or bad things like a curse will happen kind of deal. Damn. So Claire, Clara goes home. She tells her dad he was pretty skeptical about the whole thing. And his daughter has never been uh, one of these child, you know, one of these um, children who make up stuff like this. She's pretty much, you know, she's nervous, kind of uh, introverted child uh, that's never been a problem. So her dad is just like, you know, you're not going to go back to school. I have a client named um, Miss Nurse, and she is said she was a spiritual medium. So I'm going to contact her and see what's, you know, see if she can help. So Mrs. Nurse uh, convinced uh, her dad, Claire's dad, to have a seance in their home and see if they can contact this girl in the pink dress to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they set it up and this was like, you know, late 1800s, right in the heyday of all the spiritualists and the Victorian seances yeah. and stuff like that. And so they do the seance. Everybody is there um, at Clara's house. Her dad is there. And, you know, not long after they started, something seemed to have taken hold of Clara Mm. and her arms began to like flail around and to the point where like they were afraid she was going to hurt herself or somebody else. So they restrained her and then she slumped over and Mrs. Nurse gave a pencil and piece of paper to her when she calmed down and she started like scribbling and filling up the paper with like all the events that had happened regarding this little girl Lizzie in the pink dress and what is that called when they like when they're in the seance trance possessed writing I don't know what what there's a name for is there a name for it there has I I think there is a name um for it anyway Hmm. I, I couldn't rem- y'all fucking know I don't remember I don't know <laughs> I, I, I do feel like there's a name for it so she's writing all of this down and spirit writing spirit writing maybe Is yeah maybe and and they're talking anyway. they're talking to Lizzie like um the medium starts talking to Lizzie through Clara And Lizzie is saying that there are several thousand dollars entitled to the home and jewelry buried in the schoolyard underneath this tree stump so of course as soon as they hear that men that attended the seance were like getting their shovels <laughs> and gonna go dig up you know this fortune and the deed to the house which doesn't really make sense to me but it's part of the story um <laughs> and and the lawyer is like okay hold on hold on we need to like ask the school you know we can't just like go and start digging up shit so they asked the superintendent they're like you know would it be okay to kind of just follow this through uh you know not really believing what the hell's going on like just some weird shit's going on uh clara really believes this this spiritualist is like you know seems to believe it too uh they talk to the headmaster the headmaster is like yeah let's just get it over with like we want to put the story to bed because some mm-hmm. of the girls 
gotten really scared and didn't want to stay in the school. And so they started like leaving the school and people are starting to talk. The Memphis newspapers are going crazy with this story. Uh, you know, they're writing about the Pink Lizzie ghost story. They're having like bars are even creating ghost cocktails for their patrons. Uh, anybody Fun. that has this anything like everybody starts having seances and there's like a lot of like table tipping stuff going on all over the city and slate writing and tambourine shaking and you know just just whatever you do at seances so it was kind of like as Memphis can like party style seances you know spirituality going on during this time so Mr. Meredith who was you know head of the school he believes that first of all it's a hoax and that it was probably put into place because there's some other boarding schools that were pretty competitive that they were competing against trying to get girls to come uh, to their school that he thinks, you know, grand, grand conspiracy <laughs> here, right? That they're trying to do them harm by making all of this up. Mm-hmm. So Clara's dad gets some men and they go and they dig underneath the stump that Clara told them to. And Clara's not there that day. They found a layer of bricks about five feet down. And Clara, for whatever reason, decides to visit um, the site after they've already started to dig. And as soon as she gets there, um, she's like overtaken by something and she faints. And so they take her back home and, you know, the digging stops, they run into the bricks. They're kind of like, what the fuck? What's this? She faints. They stop the digging. She goes back and she says that she had this vision of a, a huge glass mason jar and that Lizzie told her, came to her and told her that the men, her dad, like if anybody else besides Lizzie herself digs up the treasure, uh, then, you know, it's, it's not for them. It's, it's for Clara and she would, you know, put a curse or whatever on everybody else. And so she, Lizzie tells her dad this and, you know, her dad's like, you know, all practicality is like, you cannot dig up or bust up, you know, this brick there you know, so they didn't know what to do. So they call back Mrs. Nance and they are Nance, Nance. Yeah, no, yeah, Nance, sorry. <laughs> See? They call back the spiritualist and they have another seance. And Clara uh, asked Lizzie if, she, you know, her dad could be her proxy and dig it up since it was physically impossible for Clara to do it. And Lizzie okays it. And so... This Once, is all very formal. It is very thing. formal. Like, it's like, excuse me, madam, would it be possible if, you know. Lizzie, will you sign this contract? What did you say? Do we have a notary present? You know, <laughs> right? So they get that okay from the ghost. They go back, they break through the brick and they find this. And I didn't know they made like really big mason jars, but they've find this huge mason jar that had um, like 
envelopes and several bags in it. And one of the things that Lizzie told Clara during the seance, is like, when you find the jar, you need to wait 60 days before opening it. Again, it's in the contract. Very specific. <laughs> it's very like, I've never heard of 60 days. Uh, there's, a con- there's, a, there's a guidebook. There's rules, <laughs> regulations. Usually people are going, what do you want from me, ghost? This ghost's got like an outline. She, right. She's got a little clipboard. <laughs> She's like, um, yeah. Check boxes. Check boxes. We, we're on a time schedule here. So they grabbed this really moldy jar that they found buried underneath brick in the back of the schoolyard. The lawyer takes it home. Claire's dad takes it home. And everybody, of course, in the town knows about it. And if it is a treasure like it was built up to be, then it's pretty valuable. And the lawyer was like, I need to hide this somewhere. Okay, this is, and now this is where the story gets hokey right now. (laughs) (laughs) So the story is, he's a fucking lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got money. And so obviously, there would be like some sort of safe or something mm-hmm. where he keeps his documents from like very particular ghost. But <laughs> they decided that the safest place to hide this very large mason jar was in the outhouse. Oh my God. So what they, they hide <laughs> in the outhouse. In the poopy part where you go. <laughs> There was not a diagram, so I'm not exactly sure how that works. I, I feel like that's all there is in an outhouse. Like, uh, yeah, there's a hole in the poopy hole. part. Yeah, that's, know, that's the only hidden part. Is what's <laughs> under the hole, right? Exactly. So they okay. hide it there. They don't tell anybody. Mr. Robinson, Clara's dad, uh, you know because all the newspapers and it's become this big deal and it's like everybody's like almost celebrating and it's like on the edge of their seats like trying to figure out what's going on here at this poor little boarding school that's just trying to like keep running and stuff so he decides he's going to make a grand spectacle even more so of this and open it at the green lawn opera house that was (laughs) on the southwest corner of union avenue and second street so the public first. purchase tickets for one dollar oh and a half. Yeah, I'm telling you, they like opportunity came and he was there for it. Uh, and so, you know, they're going to open this all up and whatever money they found, it would go to Claire. Half of it would go to Clara and her family and the other half would go to like an orphanage. Um, so they had it all set up like they had all the particulars, I'm sure, like you know uh, lizzie, lizzie had like them the... like notarize everything <laughs> the stage twice. manager she's like i would like a <laughs> swell of music right here right so they're waiting this 60 days and you know mr robertson's having guests you know talking about all this at this party and he hears some noise outside mm-hmm. so he goes to investigate and he comes upon people thieves in the outhouse trying to steal the jar and he ends up getting into a fight with them and they hit him over the head and they leave him unconscious in the yard and the jar disappears (gasps) 
and it's never to be seen again. Well, since we Wait, broke, how did they know it was in the porta pot? Did he tell everybody? Somebody talked. Well, you know, like he would put it in the porta potty himself. I'm sure he had somebody put it in there for him. So people talk. Um, so it was never recovered. And since like the 10 point checklist that Lizzie had put together <laughs> for everybody for this whole escapade was not fulfilled. Uh, they broke their end of the contract and thus a curse was put on the school. The Brinkley uh -oh. Family College closed shortly thereafter in 1871. And um, the headmaster, Mr. Meredith, opened up like a female college trying to like disassociate them with the home and the name. And that only lasted for three years. So pretty much all of this went away. The schools went under. People were still talking about it. And it happened like while this was going on in 1871, friends of the Davies, who was the original owners of the house that built the home, had actually verified uh, the information that Clara had given that Lizzie David had died in the home in 1861, shortly after it was built, and was oh, wow. buried in a little pink dress. Mm. So the whole end to this, besides, you know, the curse and the schools going under, uh, Clara, like, really kind of got the hang of the whole spiritualism thing. Like, I guess oh. her and Miss Nance was, like, pretty, you know, tight. And so she started doing, like, seances and readings and stuff like that. And she actually became the second wife of a spiritualist, like another medium. However, this is, she was 18 when she married this 72-year-old widower. Ooh which is fucking gross. <laughs> and they actually had several children, which is even worse. Wow. And it is said that the widower's first wife would, who was dead, that her ghost would literally kick Clara out of the bed. Because <laughs> she's amazing. a fucking 18-year-old in a 72-year-old's bed, which is fucking gross if I haven't already said that enough. Um, Clara actually <laughs> ended dying of tuberculosis um, not like later on. I don't know when her Clara exact. ended up or the husband? Yeah, Clara up. did. So she Aww. ended up dying of, of TB later on in life. Um, she's probably just trying to get out of that marriage. <laughs> Being kicked out of bed. Um, anyway, so the house, the history of the house, it's, you know, it was sold to some other people in like 1930. It sold again, like traded hands a lot. Uh, of course, everybody was like, there's weird things going on here. Uh, kind of spooky, scary. If you look at it, yeah, it looks scary as fuck. Uh, they sold it. They divided it into like eight apartments for road workers. And um, that area became more industrialized. In like 1972, the home was actually dismantled by a man named Jim Williams, not Colonel Jim Williams, thank God, we're out of that era, <laughs> um, who was a local businessman. And he purchased it and planned to reconstruct it on land outside of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay. And yeah, basically. I don't ever understand why people do that. Yeah. 
that was a lot of work. So, you know, the area, the home's gone. And now there's like this Wurzerberg paper manufacturer on the land. And it's just one of the industrial parts of Memphis now. But that is the story of the very uh, specific, <laughs> detailed-oriented, <laughs> pink Lizzie ghost of Memphis, Tennessee. So nobody knows what happened to the mystery jar? Nobody knows what happened to the <gasps> mystery jar or what was in it. <sighs> That's good story. I know, right? I want to know what happened to the mystery jar. I know. I too. I want to know what happened to the mystery jar. Like if it, it, somebody is sitting in somebody's garage. Like it, <laughs> it's really weird. Like it's sitting in somebody's garage and like, you know, my granddad kept carrying this dirty jar around and <laughs> smells I, like poop. It and smells we like, looks, right. And it's got some stuff <laughs> in it, but they couldn't get like it. I, and it's just sitting there. I mean, it's totally like the, um, oh, the godstones where the guy had like mm -hmm. all the correspondence from that racist fuck uh <laughs> in his garage that he had been keeping forever and that's how we found out who did the godstones um, which I almost kind of wish we didn't know but you know yeah um huh that's fascinating i wonder what was inside what would have been like what if it was just like a bunch of like sewing equipment or some shit right or some buttons like, or you know it's very valuable to an eight-year-old detail-oriented child she's like eight knows how to yeah, lay brick. i was wondering that too it's like a whole bunch of buttons that are color coordinated in their own individual packages like separated well, out by size so she's saying it was taken from her family but yeah well and that it would it. it would yeah and that it would like kind of vindicate her family but we already kind of know what happens it's like her dad lost the house because of bad bonds or bad stock mm -hmm. that he got in the railroad mm -hmm. um, and whatever else, you know, he, he may have had a gambling habit. I don't know. Maybe he just made bad investments, which I totally, you know, understand. It happens to a lot of people. Hmm. Um, so I don't know how it would vindicate uh, her family or, hmm. you know, the rumors of him going crazy uh shortly thereafter i don't know if she was just trying to you know i don't know i don't know what she was trying you know, to do but she would have made a damn good lawyer like that's yes. you know all of her you know contracts and clauses and specifics mm -hmm. and you know you know, I bet what was inside that jar was all of her dad's drawings of the mirror verse and the upside uh, down that proved that he was not crazy. Yes, and that there's actually <laughs> like a portal to another dimension between the uh, columns yes. that he built. <clears throat> that when they it's broke really cool that... looking. I've looked, I can only find oh, a yeah. picture of it, but it looks like the Parthenon, like the columns are like those on the Parthenon. Oh, cool. Like right. it's really the whole front is one, two, three, like six, six columns like that. Six, uh, yeah, ionic columns. Ionic. I didn't know cool. what to look at the yeah. Something like that that we learned in art history. You know, like I <laughs> Sorry, <Or> Mary. <laughs> Good story. 
Thank you. I'm just kind of really mystery jar surprised that I've never heard that story before. I mean, like I'm like I'm supposed to know all the stories of all the places that I've ever been. But... Well, you know, sometimes it feels like we do though, because we look all the time. I mean, all Ooh. you and I ever do is look for these stories, you know. Yes. So to find one at this point that we haven't heard anything, anything about is actually about... pretty surprising. It is. I know. That's why I was excited because I mean, as soon as I started reading about you know, the description of this girl that she saw where, you know, she was a little bit translucent, but she had like the pink dress and she looked like a zombie. I was like, I was sold. I was like, yeah. yes, zombie <laughs> pink Lizzie go. <laughs> and then it got really complicated. Yeah. Everybody's like called <laughs> Colonel and they're selling tickets at the opera house. Tickle, tickets and we're marrying <laughs> signals. <laughs> <laughs> she was selling tickles to 72 years old. is a totally different to 72 oh. year old. Yes. Okay. I, I think I'm going to write down that word tickle because I think we need to go there. <laughs> There's got to be something. I've got, oh, there is. I found some. Ah. <laughs> uh. Where they have beat me to it. Tickle ghosts. Tickle ghosts. Oh, no, I think that was when episode 69 came along. I found a couple of tickle ghost stories because I was looking for something, but it was less sexual and more funny. So I dropped it for this. So it's yours if you want it. If you find tickle ghosts, sexy tickle ghosts. <laughs> They're really just creepy 72 year old dead man. Yeah. tickling is not fun when it's done by invisible 72 year olds <laughs> it's not fun not not the fun kind of tickling all right ladies uh, ionic yeah well, ionic good columns. story yeah it's a beautiful house ionic columns and there's like newspaper well, articles yay. and stuff so I'll, I'll post all those up so you can see it yeah. well thanks you guys fun. i feel better thank you I feel oh, much enjoyed good. your story. I enjoyed your story. I was just thinking back, thinking like, I think I said very little about what the actual experiment is or the actual story part. More time trying to describe what neutrons are, but I think that just shows my limitations as a non-scientist. <laughs> you know, I, I think the idea that we were just trying to follow in our brains what a proton and neutron and splitting <laughs> and <laughs> and stuff that we didn't even notice i think we did great we good did job great. team high five high five way to go <laughs> way to go we did it thanks everyone uh, for listening all right we appreciate Woo, you so you. much and we will we'll talk to you soon, soon. Bye. bye bye locations so and stuff like that. hide their shit <laughs> Stop it! This is positive! <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Just thinking like an American.